From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm Ben Birkenbein. And I'm Prince Nesta. All yep. right. <laughs> That's right. We got a guest in the studio with us today. We've got Prince Nesta. We've asked him to come in. Uh, all sorts of stuff happening in his life lately. He just graduated yeah. as a master's student from the journalism <laughs> program. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm like, what should I do next? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wake up at four. I go to bed at four. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we asked Nesta to come in today to talk about uh, reggae music. So Nesta yeah. was a, is a DJ or was a DJ back in, in his home country of Kenya. Yeah. And currently also has a, a show. And so maybe you want to just introduce yourself, say a little bit more yeah. about those two things? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm from Kenya and I've been a DJ for, let's say, 10 years now. Um, I started DJing when I was in campus radio because I studied at United States International University in Africa, Nairobi, Kenya. And yeah, I remember I went to school with soft students, you know, R&B, blues, hip hop. <laughs> they're deemed as a little bit soft. And I was, you know, because uh, it was a little bit of a rich school, you know, um, sure. Cause it's the fees is so expensive, mm -hmm. and once I got in, that's when they introduced the campus radio station, and so I used to play reggae music, and my show was so popular because yes, um, if you're in the campus, then it's like soft, but outside, you know, we are surrounded with ghettos and stuff like that. So I built my name from you know the campus radio station because if you went to the barber shop, it was all reggae, all the bars and restaurants, hotels, and you know all these things, and so I was. Um, I worked in a couple, in certain radio station called QFM. I went to Easy FM, Nation FM, and I played reggae and you know other sort of productions and you know other sort of music shows. And so yeah, when I recently came to the United States, um, I started hosting a show, The Prince Nest Experience, at KWNK ninety seven point seven FM. Now. Your show is very unique. I've listened to it, and it's yeah. not like at other radio shows. You definitely build kind of a relationship with your audience, and you, you, yeah. you, you do like a lot of like interrupting the music and, yes. and all this kind of stuff. Can you kind of explain that style? Is that something that you hear a lot in Kenya? Yeah. or? Yeah. I mean, you know, reggae music is not just any other kind of music. You know, it's, you can't present it in a boring way. Mm -hmm. You have to first <laughs> of all enjoy it. You know, I've listened to a lot of... AM radio stations and a lot of FM radio stations, I, you know, and I don't criticize their style. Uh, it's a little bit traditional in the way they approach it, you know, don't interrupt music. It's a basic rule in radio, you know, <laughs> but uh, as far as reggae music is concerned, I can be excused because it's not, <laughs> it's not just some music that you, you know, I have to like, hey, what's up? This is Prince Nesta and this is Bob Barnley's One Love and you click play. You know, people will be like, what is the connection here? You have to show your emotions, your passion. You have to be like, rewind and come back again, selector. Pull it up and come back again. <laughs> you know, you have to be like, hey, this one's a special education going out to all you nice and decent people, you know. Let me start it again, you know, and stuff like that. So I want to create that connection. Yeah. You know, some people would criticize my style, but that's just me. And that's just how, you know, if you go to all these reggae concerts, you're always going to, you know, see them interrupt the music and cheer up the crowd, you know, give them energy and stuff like that. You, and so You do like this, this, um, like this cheer almost. Yeah. Where you, can you do, do you know what I'm the, talking about? Yeah. The sort of the, <laughs> I can't even do it. Oh, <laughs> <That one? yeah. laughs> 
yeah. and stuff like that. I'm like, rewind and come back again. Oh my goodness, you know, yeah. come down, selector, pull it up. You know, it just depends with like the music that is playing at that particular time. Because mm -hmm. um, I always like to take people through the history of the music, you mm -hmm. know, the history of the artist, um, the way the artists do things, you know, especially their signature tunes, for instance, um, like an artist called Busy Signal, like saying Hunty on his, you know, on his like um, music and stuff like that. So if someone really wants to connect with the music, he's going to remember what I was doing in the show. Yeah. You know, so it's one of the things that makes me unique. The other, yeah, the other thing that I like, too, about listening to your show is that, um, so I, I also love reggae music, and we actually yeah. we've talked about this a yeah. little bit before. We, like we, it, when we, I, we should also say, like, I don't know, any, I don't like, <laughs> listen to reggae music, yeah. I don't really know anything about it. I mean, like, I know who Bob Marley is, that's yeah. pretty yeah. much the extent of my yeah. <laughs> reggae knowledge. Yeah. So, so we'll, yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit about kind of sort of general, you know, uh, history or something about reggae, but yeah. I also wanted to just say, you know, on that point of you being involved with the music, one of the other things I appreciate about your show show is that like um, sometimes when you listen to music, some people just have it on in the background and maybe they're not listening to the message that's being sent in the music. Yeah. But like in your show, you'll sort of come in and say, you know, did you hear that message, right? Like yeah. that's just repeat the line, repeat yeah. the message, like one love, one piece, you know, that's what it's all got to be about. And then it's like, you know, like you said, then rewind, listen yeah. to it again yeah. and really drive home that point. It's, yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Thank you so much. And it's because reggae music is, you know, it's informative um, it's entertaining at the same time, and you know it's like um, it's like a music that can challenge me intellectually. You know, there are very few type of brand or genres of music that can challenge me intellectually. And reggae music is one of those particular music. And when I'm talking about reggae music, you can always see the passion. When I'm mm -hmm. t talking to people and I'm presenting to people, you can always see the passion because. Um, when you listen to reggae music, there is the message, first of all. There is the instrumentation. You know, there is the artist voice, you know, because um, they really have unique voices. And Ben, you know, you can test attest to that because, mm -hmm. you know, uh, one of these fine days you're going to tell me how you started, you know, listening to reggae music. Cause <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's actually, I mean, I, I got into reggae music, I think a lot of the same way that people, at least <laughs> suburban kids from the U.S. got into <laughs> reggae, which is, well, maybe not everybody, but I got in through punk rock. Right. So I was introduced to reggae through punk rock music because there was this fusion of kind of punk rock, that sort of rebellious attitude, speaking kind of truth to authority, um, but also calling for unity and, and living together. And so that that real positive message that was involved in punk rock, whether it was directly iconoclastic, like smashing of revered images through like really hardcore music, or if it was actually about just like living a positive life and being an example for other people and creating community and unity, you know, with other people that sort of dovetailed very nicely with things that, you know, like the clash was involved in. And that's how I got introduced to people like Desmond Decker and Delroy Wilson, um, toots and the Maytals as well. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's how I got into it. How did you get into uh, reggae music? <laughs> I gave you my story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, my reggae music was because of my surrounding in Kenya. Everyone, you know, around me when I was young was playing music, so that came in a little bit naturally, you know, of course. Do you play reggae music? Oh, yeah, I just listened to reggae music like this morning. No, but do, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, do you play it like, do you create your own reggae? Like oh, an instrument? No. Oh, oh, no. No, 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 I'm not a producer. <laughs> oh, okay, <you> okay. <laughs> what, if, what if we start a reggae yeah. band? Would you sing? 
Uh, oh my goodness. Um, it's interesting because you know, like <laughs> when I go to karaoke and stuff like yeah. that, the only music that I genres that I sing is country music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because uh, um, I can't sing reggae unless you want like people to run away from the bar and stuff <laughs> like that. But the only yeah. genre that I normally sing is country music. And it's because Kenya is a pretty diverse place, you know. Mm -hmm. I grew up listening to country music, rock music, uh, hip-hop, R&B, and, is, you know, is all, all, all the American music. music. Is all the, yeah, all the music's in English? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in Kenya? Yeah. yeah. No, really. Um, oh. Yeah, there's, like, you know, the local communities and, you know, there's, like, Swahili, for instance, sure. uh, which is, like, our national language. Some music in Swahili and also different tribes in Kenya, you know. Um, and it's in interesting because reggae music has also infiltrated into, like, the local music in Kenya. So there is this sort of glocalization where, you know, mm -hmm. reggae music as a global music is localizing, you know, and sung or done in, like, you know, different languages in Kenya and stuff like that. It's using the gospel music. And, you know, so everyone can associate with reggae music, you know, whether you are 10 years old or whether you are 100 years old. Yeah, but it has, you can always see, like, the impact of reggae music in the African continent itself. Mm. So can you explain, like, how, how did you end up here and yeah. at UNR and then yeah. did you just like did you meet someone who was like you should have a radio show or how did that come yeah about? yeah yeah so um I remember it was at a, at a time that I was questioning myself you know as a radio producer I was producing a political show um, in Kenya yeah in Kenya and I was also hosting a reggae show and a sports show at the same time. Mm. Yeah, and I was questioning myself, is radio really for me, you know, and stuff like that, because the media was changing. That was back in 2016. The media was really changing. Uh, there are a lot of people being laid off, you know, because, you know, right now there's a digital technological trend, as you all know, and I wanted to do something connected to, you know, digital media. I wanted to further my career. And so I figured out I should apply, you know, somewhere else because I'd had, you know, educational experience and work experience in Kenya. So I wanted to go a little bit international. And so I applied to three different universities, University of Nevada, Reno, Ohio University, and Maryland University. And I got a scholarship in all the three universities. So I was like, Maryland, Un University of Maryland, I'm not going to go there because my uncle stay there. <laughs> Although it's a good university. Mm. But my uncle stay there. And I, you know, I am a rebel. I, you know, I'm <laughs> independent. You got somewhere new, yeah. Yeah. And so Ohio was told, you know, and I did my research, the cornfields and this boring and you know, I was told all that and <laughs> I listened to them and of course Nevada came naturally to me because first of all you know what is legal in Nevada everything yeah that's true actually. you know there's the that's most libertarian state sense of freedom <laughs> sure. mm -hmm. in here and naturally yeah, that's how I got myself here. And so Nico Colombant, who's my advisor, and, uh, you know, he used to also be in West Africa. Yeah. Uh, he is also a big fan of reggae music. And so when I came, we really connected easily because, you know, he had been, first of all, to Africa. Uh, you know, uh, he used to hang out with, like, the big wigs as far as African reggae music is concerned. Mm. Alpha Blondie is mm. a big name in Africa, in the Ivory Coast. And so he used to hang out, you know, and so he likes reggae music. And so he was like, why don't you do something in Reno? 
And I was like, mm, probably because um, I considered, you know, hosting reggae music in one of the clubs in town, probably on a Thursday, Friday or Saturday night, mm -hmm. you know, DJing and stuff like that. But I was like, it was going to be a little bit too busy for me. Mm. So what was the shortcut around it? Uh, hosting a, you know, a reggae show, one hour reggae show on like one of the local radio stations. And when KWNK Radio was introduced, uh, that was quite easy for me, you know, because um, at least you're bringing, doing something for the community. I was a little bit frustrated when I came to the United States. Uh, you tune into all the radio stations and no station is playing reggae music, especially here in Reno. Right. And so I was like, why don't I do something, you know, unique and that is beneficial to the community? Do you feel like you're That's teaching how. people about reggae? When you yeah, do yeah. And a lot, I've had great responses around here. Because um, yeah. as a media student, I just don't, you know, I, it's not like you just do it on air and it's done. You know, if you go to K-Wink radio page, you'll always find my videos there. You know, in this studio, popularizing the music. I host people here, we do videos, I dance and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so um, through that marketing, I've really gotten good feedback. You know, a lot of people hit my inbox and they're like, man, I like your show, you know, and stuff like that. And they tell me, because it's always a learning process when you're doing radio. You'll never be perfect. Even like the people who are the greatest radio broadcasters or producers, it's always a learning. Everyone is learning every day. And they tell me, you know, you can improve on this, you can do this and that. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's my way of bringing, you know, giving back to the Reno community. Yeah, as a whole. This is kind of interesting because I'm going to uh, just switch gears a little bit, but um, we actually did a bonus content before this this episode. And so if you want access to that bonus content, I would highly suggest getting access, especially since uh, Nesta dropped some really interesting uh, tidbits of knowledge during there. And so you can do that by subscribing on patreon.com. But I want to get back to something that you said in that, as well as what Joey was saying, is that Joey doesn't know too much about reggae. And earlier, <laughs> yeah. you referred to him as a soft boy. <laughs> so that's again accurate. But but you said you so so two points. Number one, uh, maybe because even at the beginning of the episode, you you brought up this thing again, like a soft boy, and you were explaining on yeah. um, uh, during the bonus content, especially that that there's this association that happens in Kenya, right? Yeah. So if you listen to certain types of music, yeah. there's this. There's this association, like you, yep. you're supposed to be this sort of you're either soft, or if you're yes. listening to to like reggae, then yeah. you're a rebel and you're yeah. you're you're sort of hardened or yeah. whatever. Is that right? Yeah, that's very right. And you know, um, I was um, I proved myself in such a way that I had my dreadlocks for nine years. You know, I grew my locks for nine years. Um, if you look at my head right now, my hair is, you know, you know, <laughs> disappearing. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I grew my locks and, you know, every time you twist them, they pull your hair and stuff like that. And I just decided, I woke up one morning, I don't know if it was midlife crisis or quarter life crisis. <laughs> I just woke up one morning and shaved my dreadlocks, one of the decisions that I've made in life that, you know, I regret till today. Mm. And so, um, yeah, reggae music is associated with like the bad boys in Kenya. People who smoke weed, you know, um, people who are the ghettos, you know, people who are suffering in a sense are the tough boys. Any rude mm. boy or rude girl in Kenya will always be associated with reggae music. I don't know how it is here in the United States, um, but 
Yeah. And so growing up, it was interesting because I've never been to Jamaica myself. I've never been to the Caribbean. But it's interesting to me to see how I listened to UB40 all the way from the UK, and I listened to some Mexican reggae bands, and I listened to some reggae bands from, you know, Canada, and they also have a Bob Marley holiday, which is I, a I national gotta say, holiday. Canadian reggae band is the, I'm, you know, I never thought yeah. I'd hear those words together. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not something you would associate <laughs> with Canada. Yeah, even here in the United States, you know, yeah. there are some reggae bands and stuff. So it's interesting to me to see how all these people in the world can connect through this powerful brand of music that started off, you know, in Studio One, in one of the studios back in Jamaica, mm -hmm. through the influence of Bob Marley and a few producers at that particular time, you know. Lee Scratch Leslie Perry. Kong, yeah. Lee Scratch Perry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the upsetter. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, he's an interesting guy. He's very interesting guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so it influenced, you know, my thinking. It's sort of, you know, I wouldn't say brainwash is not the word, but, you know, it awakened me, it uplifted me at a moment I needed it the most, you know. And it's not just a story, it's not just my story, it's like a story of other people back in Kenya. And so, yeah, it was quite easy for me to associate myself as a bad boy at that time, <laughs> yeah. you know, bad in quotes, you know, <laughs> just uh, rebel a little bit against the system and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, and it's really interesting because I think I think there's basically like three sort of main messages that that like I I've taken away from reggae and, and yeah. actually I've always by the way I've always said that like if I had a desert island sort of top five albums to listen to like yeah. one of Desmond Decker's albums would be up there it's just something that I can constantly go back to and just I just enjoy the music so much yeah but the three messages I mean number one it's a so roots rock and rebel music right yeah. so this is rebelliousness yeah but then there's also this like stories of struggle right people. Yeah trying to struggle against whatever their conditions are, whether it's hunger or poverty or, yeah. or against an oppressive government or yeah. something else or corruption. Yeah. But then in the end, it's also, it's usually stories of salvation. Like we get there through unity, through yes. love, through yes. peace, through acceptance. And I think that's like one of the other reasons that it's on my list of like, if I could listen to anything else, it'd be that because it's, it's that positivity that, that I, that I really take away from reggae. That's, that's really, yeah. really inspirational. And that's interesting. Cause like in Jamaica, the Rastafarian, you know, community, mm -hmm. they like to refer to themselves as the Rastafari. I'm not a Rastafari myself, although I'm a reggae man. You know, I grew locks and stuff like that, mm -hmm. but, you know, I I don't subscribe to the religion part where, you know, they worship Haile It's not like they worship Haile Selassie, but they look at him as the coming back of Christ and stuff like that. I don't subscribe to that, but I just love the music and the culture, you know. And so... um. My grandmother didn't like it at all. <laughs> no. She's staunch Christian, and that's how things should be, mm. you know. And my aunties and some of my relatives, well, you know, they, <laughs> they are looking at me as a bad boy, you mm. know. Although I knew what I was doing, you know, it was just uh, some sense of rebellion and stuff like that. But it's interesting what you've just mentioned. The Rastafari community have been championing for like the use of marijuana since the 1950s, mm -hmm. 60s, 70s, you know, and lots of them have been arrested and stuff like that because of possession of marijuana, because they say that is like their holy sacrament. And it's interesting to see like right now uh, there is like a trend 
going towards the legalization. Especially like yeah, because like a ton of states are now. Yeah. Legal. yeah. I mean, like, I start like every day I check the news and <laughs> another yeah. state has either legalized uh, medical marijuana or yeah. recreational marijuana. I think they yeah. owe it to the Rastafarian community. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and it's really interesting. Although they're not doing it for like spiritual reasons or acceptance reasons, it's usually just for economic, like crass economic reasons. Like we can make a lot of money off of this yeah. cash crop, so yeah. we can do it. Also, just not arresting everybody for. <laughs> I think it's well, yeah, exactly, exactly, and also yeah, sort of the the cr- criminalizing of it all. Uh, one of the interesting things that you said that some of our listeners may not know also is this this callback to Haile Selassie as yes, well. So yeah. uh, Ethiopian emperor, is that correct? Yes, yes. Um, and so there's this connection there because Ethiopia is actually where some of the music started, at least the the rhythms of reggae, right? That yeah. that upbeat, the backbeat, you can hear that still in Ethiopian music. And uh, Haile Selassie had these visions of sort of. Um, uh, like African independence, right? Yes. Or in all of this. And Ethiopia, coincidentally, is one of the place, the few places you will find black lions, right? Yes. And so the symbol of Haile Selassie is this black lion, right? Yeah. So my friend um, uh, Teddy Tewodros gave me a, a, a shirt of, uh, it's a black shirt with the, yeah. the golden lion that's yeah. on there. Yeah, the thing well. with them, it was like a sort of prophecy that was done by Marcus Garvey. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I think at one time he said, look forward to Africa. They'll be coming on. You know, there'll be another coming of the black king, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's interesting because if you read the Bible, King Solomon went to Ethiopia and, you know, married with uh, Queen Sheba, you know, uh, was one of, you know, King Solomon had lots of wives and concubines, but Queen Sheba was one of, you know, King Solomon's wife. And through that lineage, Menelik, uh, you know, through that lineage, Haile Selassie is also in that particular lineage. And when Marcus Garvey prophesied at that particular time, look forward to Africa, they'll be coming of a black king. You know, uh, he was talking to the African diaspora at that particular time. And wherever the African diaspora, their challenges that they were going through in the 1890s, you know, the slavery period and the injustices that was being put to us, you know, the African diaspora, they were looking for hope at that particular time. And when Haile Selassie was crowned, you know, um, a little bit early. When Haile Selassie was crowned, forgetting the date, really, I won't really get exactly, you know, the date mm-hmm. exactly. But, yeah, there was this sort of, you know, um, the Caribbean, especially, they looked, they were like, that is our God, you know, and with the biblical connection of Ethiopia and stuff like that, and, you know, they were rebelling against Christianity at that particular time, you know, because... um when Christians came to Af- when you know the British missionaries came to Africa, they came and you know with the Bible. There's a famous quote that says that when they came to Africa, they taught Africans how to, you know, pray. They told them close your eyes, and we'll pray for you. And when Africans opened their eyes, they had the Bible, and the British had the land. You know, so oh, it's yeah. interesting, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> they came with the Bible, but when we opened our eyes, they had the land. Yeah. yeah, so um, it's interesting. So at that particular time, whatever Africans were going through and the worries and problems, trials and temptations and everything, uh, when they listened to Haile Selassie and the message and that biblical root connection, they decided that, you know, they wanted to have a black king for themselves. 
because according to their reasoning is like you know uh, whatever is in like the holy books is like favors one particular group of people and so they wanted to rewrite history or probably that's the original history depending on whatever you know way you look at it they were like you know they wanted to have someone they associated with and so Haile Selassie with all those biblical connections and stuff like that it was easy for them to identify you know yeah mm -hmm. but Marcus yeah. Garvey was influential in that particular yeah okay. I at that particular and Haile Selassie offered like Africans in the diaspora to come and settle come at back, a place yeah. called Shashamani uh, in Ethiopia a lot of people from the Caribbean moved to Shashamani Shashamani or Shashamani yeah and so where is that it's in Ethiopia <laughs> okay yeah and actually Ethiopia sort of holds up as a as a proud label um one of the few African countries that was not colonized you yes. know so the Italians tried but yeah they were defeated yeah. defeated yeah. yeah all that fodder you know added into the power of what sort of land is Ethiopia you yeah. know this this land is in the Bible and it was never colonized and all that you know people you know tended to associate with that and so they referred to it as Zion mm -hmm. because you know through King Solomon's connection they like to ref Ethiopians like to refer themselves as the Black Jews mm -hmm. you know because mm -hmm. of their King Solomon connection and stuff like that and so Ethiopia was an easy choice it's as really far as the Rasta community is concerned well and to that point Joey like you were talking about earlier if you don't know much about reggae but you know Bob Marley you, if you now take that and listen to Bob Marley's songs, you hear a lot of calls to that, to Zion, to yeah. liberate. Well, he also talked about liberation movements and, yeah. and liberate Z Zimbabwe, for yeah. example. But um, they refer to their life in like the in where they are right now as Babylon. You yeah, know? <laughs> okay. It's not their way of doing things. They sort of say they have been forced to, you know, uh, forget the African culture and like forced to a new way of civilization which they refer to as Babylon okay. and all its wickedness you know and this other connection is why you'll also see Bob Marley sort of uh sometimes depicted as a lion himself right yeah. oh, lion. okay yeah, yeah 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 so I have a question to kind of to kind of bring everything full circle here and talk kind of if you were to recommend some reggae music to me you yeah. know someone who does not listen to reggae music yeah. on the regular what would you recommend and and why what like what's a way to get into it other than Bob Marley, right? So yeah. everyone knows Bob Marley, but what else can I listen to? What else can I seek out to kind of learn about it that is going to teach me more about reggae music? Reggae music is so broad. It it's like it's like a library. Mm -hmm. Once you walk in the library, are you going to read a novel? Are you <laughs> going to read like, you know, a journalism book or chemistry or physics or biology book? So what I'm trying to say is that there's love, reggae love songs, which is referred to as lovers rock. Are you into if you're soft and R&B? And <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Well, there's reggae love songs, what's referred to as lovers rock. Um, most of this you'll find like there's that sort of reggae fusion where they pick like blues music and R&B and they redo it into reggae style, you know. Um, there's also roots reggae music. Uh, if you are hungry, if you are politically, you know, conscious, um, if what's you, like a what's like a band that I can listen to? Like, yeah, a, a, oh, a, you mean like bands? Or yeah, the like specific artist. Yeah, right? as far as Lover's Rock is concerned, I can refer you to Gregory Isaacs. Okay, I can refer you to a few Bob Marley songs. Mm -hmm. I can refer you to um, John Holt. I can also refer you to artists like Busy Signal coming back, like right now, Jackie. Um, Etana, Richie Spice, 
Um, yeah, as far as roots reggae music is concerned, I can refer you to Peter Tosh, Bernie Whaler, uh, Desmond Decker. Um, I can refer you to Misty and Roots, Mighty Diamonds, um, Israel Vibrations, and yeah, a lot of those artists. As far as like, um, what is it called? As far as dancehall music is concerned, which is another genre of reggae music, it's a little bit faster for like the youth and mm -hmm. you know that energy. Um, Shabarangs, I always go for the music in the 1990s. Shabarangs, <laughs> Supercat, my favorite. Um, I can refer you to Ninja Man. Um, Papa San, okay. one of the fastest, you know, uh, lyricists, dancehall lyricists of all time. Um, you actually said that, sorry, not, not to cut you off, but yeah, you, you yeah. said that you just went to a reggae, like, last night, last night for yeah. the first time in Reno. Yeah, actually. It was um, like a, it was a, a dance, right? Yeah, actually half asleep right now because I came back at around <laughs> four. <laughs> but yeah, um, it was interesting to me and it was quite surprising actually because, um, since I came to the United States, I haven't had a chance, you know, to like satisfy my soul or satisfy my thirst of reggae music. I always go out and it's techno playing, mm -hmm. rock music, and the same same kind of hip hop music and stuff like that. And so I always miss African music, you know, Kenyan music, Nigerian music, or like Jamaican music. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, um, I came across like this advertisement of like Jamaican. DJs, I'm forgetting their name, but they were performing at Dead Ringers. I, oh man, I jumped to the reggae beat like crazy. You know, <laughs> you know we are a couple of guys and stuff like that. Some of them are from Jamaica, and uh, you know, some Americans. And you know, it was just beautiful to see how people connect with that particular music. You know, yeah. and so yeah, I I really feel so fresh today. Yeah. <laughs> well, and along those same lines, I mean, even Bob Marley got his start in dancehall music, okay. right? So it was, uh, um, I, I forget if it was still the Wailers at that point. He was still playing with yeah. the Wailers, but when he was young, I mean, he was like 17 or 18 years old and performing. So you, you listen to that Bob Marley and it sounds very different um, than sort of yeah. later Bob Marley. It was ska. Ska, ska music. exactly. Yeah. We should, I was just going to talk about that relationship just for a second because um, ska was also one of the big things that <laughs> blended with like punk rock for a while. We've <laughs> talked about that before. We don't have to talk about that so much more. But so you had ska music, ska and dancehall music. But then it, if I'm not mistaken, it was Toots Hibbert, right, of yeah. Toots and the Maytals who came along and he sort of remixed this old song or it was actually a, 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 a phrase that they would uh, say in Jamaica when they would refer to, they would say, do the strege. And strege was like, it was a term used, I think, to refer to like a woman who was on the streets and was just yeah. going from here to there, didn't yeah. really know where she was going, didn't have like really a purpose. Yeah. yeah. And um, so he changed do the strege into do the reggae. And when Toots came along, he had this really soulful, deep voice. Yeah. And so he kind of slowed it down a little bit and yeah. Toots sort of ushered in. He, he's kind of known as the one who ushered in reggae music. Okay. So he turned yeah. do the strege into do the reggae mm. and then had these other things. And when it would go on to sing songs like, you know, reggae got soul, reggae got so much soul. Yeah. Uh, I, had, I had the honor of seeing Toots and the Maytals two or three times actually wow. live, which yeah. was really great. The first time was really nice. So I'll just explain really quick. We, we arrived late to the concert. It was in Chicago. Uh, we were probably like 25 minutes late or something. And so we're walking up to the club where Toots is going to be playing and this taxi cab pulls up and who, op who gets out of the taxi cab? 
toots himself. <laughs> he steps out in a purple sequined suit, oh right? God. And we're like, hey, toots, what's up, man? And he's just there, just giving us some dap, you know? He's like, yeah. hey, what's up, fellas? You ready to you ready to dance? You ready to rock? So I was wow. like, yeah. And then we went down on the dance floor and just danced to toots. It was great. That tells you how, like, reggae music has grown. He started mm-hmm. from sky, rock city, reggae. Then, you know, it's expanded to raga dance on mm. and nowadays you know they there's one drop reggae and stuff like that so reggae music is still growing if you listen to reggae music back in the 70s and you listen to the young generation right now you're gonna notice a whole it's a all different ball game all together mm-hmm. i'm kind of i'm kind of stuck to like 60s 70s 80s 90s you know because of like that drum, there was sort of, you know, that, that originality mm-hmm. of content. But because music has been computerized and stuff like that, people are, you know, producing using the computers. And uh, you, it's kind of losing that feel of reggae music. This is a little bit know. of the soul, you know. Yeah. 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 So that's why I always like, I don't like going to reggae performances where... You know, it's like there's a DJ and, you know, it's like just mixing and the guy comes with the, you know, I like bands. I like mm-hmm. feeling that drum. I like that guitar, you know, playing because reggae music is about the instrumentation too, mm-hmm. which, you know, holds like, and the vocals and stuff like that. And that's how Bob Marley actually became famous because of the Wailers. Mm-hmm. And Bob Marley, it was interesting because, man, what a man. I mean, he was, he had around more than 11 children or something <laughs> uh, with, you know, different women and stuff like that. And he had, his wife was actually one of the vocalists, you know, in his band. Mm. Wow, what a man. That was interesting, <laughs> though. <laughs> and it's really interesting. So just going back a little bit to the, the sort of early days of, of reggae as well. So those artists from the 60s and 70s, like Desmond Decker, for example, I mean, the, the, the sad thing that happened was that those record companies who recorded him, they just totally exploited you know, them financially so that Re- Desmond Decker and Toots continued to have to play live to earn a living, right? So they, they were touring. And in fact, Desmond Decker died, I believe, on tour like in the UK at the age of like 60-something. And that oh, was wow. not that long ago. Um, Toots, when I saw him the first time, still had that energy, still had the thing. And then I saw him again. And it was just like you could just tell he was deteriorating a little bit. You know, he just looked tired because he's touring and trying to play every night. Mm. Um, but those artists, you know, are still really good. So yeah. on, on my list for you, Joey, would be Toots and the Maytals. Desmond Decker. I really like the Ethiopians as well as one. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Osborne, I really like. I think we've talked about yeah. Johnny Osborne. I mentioned one of Johnny Osborne's tracks on one of my top like underrated or oh, something yeah, in a previous yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Love Makes the World Go Round. It's this really great, smooth track. Um, and then I would say also like Delroy Wilson. Um, I would yeah. say he's more like lover's rock kind of mm-hmm. style, but um, I just still love that stuff. Yeah, you can also find really good collections from like Trojan Records of just mm-hmm. like rock steady collections that are just really really good. Yeah, and that's interesting because mm-hmm. like um, it, historically reggae music also became popular around the world because of the hippies generation. Is yeah. it the hippies yeah. generation? Yeah. You know, yeah, when you know there was that sort of cultural friction. 
mm-hmm. even in the UK at that particular time, reggae music was like, you know, that source of strength to them, you know, fighting yeah. those injustices and stuff like that. And so it was critical for like people in the UK, uh, you know, to some extent the US, you know, and stuff like that. I remember there was a time Bob Marley in the United States, he had to perform at a certain time because there were fears of chaos and violence mm, and yeah. things like that, yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, part of like the content nowadays, if you want to listen to like, some of the content nowadays you can listen to Conscience, Busy Signal. Uh, they're like some of the biggest musicians right now, as far as the new generation is concerned. Okay, well, yeah. I'll, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to check those out. But um, yeah. and yeah. I haven't mentioned like females too. I don't want to be biased. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's Cecile. You can listen mm-hmm. to Elaine, and going back, you can listen to Rita Mali. You can listen to Marcia Griffiths, who's the queen of reggae music. Mm, okay. And you can also listen to Marshall Hall. Her name is um, Lady, this Lady G. And yeah, a few of those artists. Yeah. Cool. All right. And to his point earlier, also, like, you know, a lot the, about those cultural friction, frictions. I mean, reggae music, particularly in the UK, but also here too, is really big in the anti racist movement as well. So just calling together unity of black and white people and yeah. bring, come bringing people together. Yeah. Hey. This has been an amazing episode. Yeah, this is what a great episode. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I'm always on at any time, you know, to talk about like all this cultural stuff. Do you want to tell us really quick, plug kind of what you're doing now? So you still have your radio show on KWNK. Yeah. 97.7? 97.7 FM. And I think you can access uh, episodes of that online too, right? If people want to go on and stream some of your stuff. Yeah, that's uh, Prince Nesta on Mixcloud. Okay. Yeah, Mixcloud, that's Prince Nest. And if you're around, then Friday 7 to 8 and Saturday 9 to 10, KWNK 97.7 FM. And then you also have a podcast, right? Yeah, Discover America with Prince Nest. You can find it on iTunes or Simplecast. Or you can also find it on, yeah, just Google it and you're going to find it. Sweet. All right. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for being with us again this week. Our song, as always, is Finder by People with Bodies. You can uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, uh, we don't Twitter. Have, we, yeah, Twitter. We I have, guess. We have a Snapchat. We should make a Snapchat. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get out there. Just search for Residual Culture Podcast. You can also support the podcast, as I mentioned earlier, on Patreon. Get access to all sorts of bonus content. I would specifically put in a plug for this week because the, the bonus content with Prince Nesta was top notch. Yeah, really good. And then you can also email us at residualculturepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much yeah. for hosting me. Yeah, this has been Residual Culture. I'm Ben Birkenbein. Oh. I'm Joey Lovato. I'm Prince Nesta. There it is. All right. Thank okay. you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Get into it.